You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 48. Today, we're looking at how to cultivate calm and peace when times are crazy. 2020 has been a tough year, and I found myself craving less chaos. These are the nine strategies I've started, and they are really making a difference with my well-being, so I know they can work for you too. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter-Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, wannabe mentalist friends. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Deanna Yates, creator of littlegreenbow.com and your resident wannabe minimalist. Today, I'm happy to talk with you about how I am carving out a little more peace against the backdrop of chaos that is 2020. Oh man, who would have predicted what a crazy year this would be? If you'll permit me, I have a quick story for you from this week. My daughter has an activity watch, and she mentioned that her most active day so far was March 4th, 2020, and it dawned on me that she participated in a jogathon on that day. Now, the funny part is, it took me a couple extra beats, I mean, probably a solid couple minutes for me to remember that that event was actually this year. I mean, it was only seven months ago, but you guys, it feels like a lifetime. Now, I mean, how many times have you experienced that this year? Come on, I know I cannot be the only one. I cannot tell you how many times I've thought about things and they just feel like they were a decade ago. It's insane. This year has just been the craziest. And not only do we have the coronavirus, it just feels sometimes like the whole world is falling apart. In the U.S., we have the politicalization of mask wearing. We have a no-holds-barred election. I mean, even the local races are getting really ugly. There's long overdue protests for equal rights. There's huge climate change issues. I'm in California, so the giant forest fires come to mind for me. There's an unraveling economic crisis. Oh, and we're supposed to be able to teach our kids from home, so I can't even tell you the last time I had quiet alone time. It is no wonder that so many of us feel worn down, tired, and like we've aged a decade in the last few months. But I'm also a firm believer that people have had it much, much worse throughout history, and so we too will get through this time. So I want to tell you nine things that I've started doing in the last, oh, I don't know, a few weeks to a month that have really started to help cultivate a calm in this crazy world, and they seem to be working for me. So I always like to share with you anything that's working for me so that maybe it might work for you too. Because I'm not going to lie, I was kind of breaking down for a while. Things were just nuts. I mean, (laughs) they were just nuts. And I know a lot of you know what that feels like, and that is why I'm doing this podcast. This episode is for you. I am here for you. I want to help you. And, you know, please, please, please know that you have someone in your corner. If you don't feel like you do on some days, I want to be here for you. So that's why I'm showing up today. 
But before we get to the details, I do want to make sure that you know you can grab the show notes for today's episode with links and printouts for what we're going to discuss today on my website at littlegreenbow.com slash 48. Once again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 48. Okay, let's get to it. So the first thing that I have been doing that has really worked is to pick up a hobby. Now, Way back in March, I wrote down a bunch of things because I was having a hard time trying to even think of what hobby I wanted to do. And I just let myself totally brainstorm, just brain dump anything I could think of, I put it on paper. And there are a lot of things on that list that I just either one, don't have time for, two, don't really want to do. Maybe they were hobbies or things I thought about doing in the past. Um, This podcast actually was... um, I had started this before that, but having guests on the show was one of the things that I talked about, just kind of give myself a renewed interest. And so there were some things that came out of that list, but it kind of fell to the wayside because, you know, back in March, we were all gung ho, right? We were all on the same page. We were going to get through this together. And then March faded into April, which faded into May and June, and we really all started to get tired. And then you kind of form these bad habits. And that's what happened for us. So this new hobby has been a game changer. And I'm really embarrassed to admit it, but we had been hermit crabs for months. I mean, we were trying to do our part to really help fight coronavirus. Um, And my daughter was doing, or our daughter, sorry if I talk about, you know, my husband and I, she was doing virtual school. He works from home. So do I with this podcast and my blog. And we really had no forced reason to leave the house. So we didn't. I mean, since March, I can count on both of my fingers, my hands, how many times I've been in a physical store. So can my husband. So that means that each of us have been inside a physical store less than 10 times in seven months. We pick up groceries and anything that we can really through curbside pickup. And it's, I don't know, we've only gotten takeout one time. And that was in the last month, you guys. So I have been cooking three meals a day, seven days a week for seven months. It's been a lot. But a couple weeks ago, we decided that enough was enough and we ventured out. We went kayaking and stand-up paddle boarding and they were all socially distanced. We wore our masks. We did the hand sanitizer. We did all the things and we fell in love. It was so much fun. It was just such a great thing for us. We were out. It's just been a wonderful activity for us. And it's been our activity. It has been the one thing we have done so much. We've done it five or six times in three weeks. And it gets us outside. We stay away from others. You know, on your little board or you're in your boat, you have built in social distancing. And so we we rented the first couple of times and we bought our own boards and we've been out and it has just been a lifesaver for us. You know, it, what this has done for our mindset, oh my gosh, it's been amazing. We are getting away from technology. We're getting away from the screens because that has just become our life. We were playing video games all the time. We were watching movies all the time and we just weren't being active. And this has really just helped us so much. And I know as I'm putting this out there in mid to late October that I am super lucky because we live in San Diego. But if you live in a colder climate, you can do other things too. 
We've lived in Chicago, we've lived in Germany, and the one thing I will take away from Germany, I mean, there's lots of things, but one thing for this in particular is that they do not let the weather get them down. Man, oh man, they just buy the right clothing, they make sure they have all the, all the gear that they need, and they just go out in the elements anyway. And so that's something I want you to think about doing. Think about picking up something if you, I'm going to talk about getting outside a little bit later, that's another one of my points, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. But you know, think of things like crafting, reading, learning a new language, hiking, bike riding, skiing. The possibilities are endless and it just matters on what you are um, creative enough to think about. So do a brain dump, write down any activity or anything you could think of. And honestly, when I looked back at my list for March, this wasn't on my list in March. I didn't even think about this or consider doing it. So just be out there, be open, write down a bunch of ideas and pick one or two things to try because it really can help get you in a positive mindset. And once you just kind of get into the flow of things, it really does just help you not be so anxious and worried and concerned about what's happening. Not that we shouldn't be informed, but there's a difference between being informed and worrying about things that you cannot change. So that's number one, pick up a hobby. Number two is carving out time for yourself. As a busy mom, this is so important for me. Now, all of a sudden in March, I used to get the whole school day and I would walk my daughter to school. And by the time I would get home, I would have five to six hours a day to myself that I could work in an uninterrupted time. That is gone. That life does not exist for me and it is not going to be my reality for a while now. So I have to start carving out time for myself. It really, I broke down, I'm not going to lie, I broke down a couple weeks ago and it just got to me too much. So now I'm setting myself as a priority. I'm waking up a bit earlier so that I do have that time for myself. And that allows me some much needed quiet time. And you guys, when I say I'm waking up earlier for myself, I don't expect everyone to do what I do, but I'm waking up at about 4.45 in the morning. Um, because I don't want you to think, I mean, I want you to know that I do this stuff. Like I'm not just telling you to do it. I actually do it. I make sure I get seven hours of sleep every night and I set my alarm for seven hours from when I go to bed. And so obviously that means I'm going to bed at 9.45 is when I'm turning the lights out. I go to bed at about nine o'clock, read a book, you know, get ready for bed, do all the things, brush my teeth, floss, all the stuff, wash my face. Um, and then it's lights out at 9.45. And so my wake up time is seven hours from lights out. And if I can go to bed earlier, then I will wake up a little bit earlier. But it just gives me that quiet time. Because I, when I didn't do that for myself, my day can be interrupted at any point. And so by setting myself first, by putting on my own oxygen mask, it has made every day easier. It makes, I'm in a better mood when my daughter comes down and needs help with school. I'm in a better mood when we're making lunch or I get interrupted or anything happens. It's just an easier time because I, I let myself have that time. I got into a creative mindset. I did my work. I'm getting more done on my website and on this podcast. And like I said, it means I need to go to bed earlier, which means I don't get to spend as much time with my husband, but we make sure we spend a quality hour together after my daughter goes to bed. And that way we can catch up on shows or just kind of chat about the day or do anything, you know, that we need to finish up with. That time that I'm allowing myself, it just 
makes me a better mom and it makes me a better wife and it makes me a better human. So make sure you're carving out time for yourself. If you cannot do it during the day, make yourself a priority and get up and give yourself time in the morning. Makes a world of difference. It's tough that first week. I'm not going to say this is easy to do, but it's definitely worth it. So that's number two, carve out time for yourself. Number three is to be still. Now, there is so much about meditating that people have talked about, so I'm not going to really go into all the benefits. Um, I love meditating, but I often find it really hard to remember to do. So one trick is that I put it on my calendar as an appointment. So I get a notification and then it just kind of sets off that, oh yeah, it's a reminder. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do that. So I set my alarm for five minutes and I just sit in quiet and I just am still and I'm breathing and I'm thinking about being calm and I'm just putting the right mindset in a positive frame in my head and it just makes everything better. And I do this actually just before. So when I do this on my day, it's just before my daughter goes on recess and has a snack break for school because it sets a breaker between my work time and my mom time. And so setting just a little, and it's five minutes. It's not even that much time. It's like getting up to change laundry or something. You know, it's not even that big of a deal, but it puts me in a better mindset. It makes me more positive when she comes down instead of being like, oh, okay, I'm getting interrupted with what I'm doing. It's like, oh, great. Okay. Now what can I, you know, how can I help you? How's school going? Here's a snack and that kind of stuff. So instead of thinking about what I didn't finish on the blog or what I need to do for my next show, it gives me that separation so I can give her my full attention for 10 to 15 minutes and it makes me feel like an awesome mom, right? I mean, that's kind of the point. I want to feel good about myself and this helps me feel better. It's got a built-in reward to it. So that's number three, be still. Number four is to clear clutter. Okay, guys. I have a blog and a podcast all about decluttering and organizing your home, so it's no surprise that this is one of my favorite ways to create calm for yourself and your family. Because of course I have noticed that when my home was cluttered, so was my mind. You clear out some of the clutter, you make some space for yourself, and it just clears up your mind. Instead of constantly thinking that, oh, I have to do that, having that nagging feeling about stuff that you have to finish or feeling guilty that you haven't finished through that pile or anything like that, it just gives you space to breathe. It also allows you to be more creative. When you have less stuff on your tables, less stuff in piles, and less stuff stored away, It gives you space to live, to be creative, to create messes and then clean them up and, you know, make crafts and make recipes and play games and all sorts of stuff. When your stuff is everywhere, there's no space to do anything. And we are home all the time now. So it's more important than ever. And this year, I actually hosted and participated in two full-scale decluttering challenges, So even as someone who would call myself a minimalist, I'm always finding things to give away and declutter. And hence, that's why I added the wannabe part to this show because I'm not perfect and I'm a work in progress and my tastes change and my lifestyle changes. And so there's always stuff that I'm finding new that I'm ready to pass on. I cannot speak highly enough of shedding the stuff that weighs you down and only keeping the things that help you create the life you want to be living. So if you are looking to clear the clutter from your home and you want some help with it, then by all means, I will link a few um, of my 
most, most popular episodes in the show notes. But I do want to let you know that I did just create a new resource for you. I've taken my five quick steps that I've talked about before, and I've turned them into a five-part email series, and it's called The Quick Way to Declutter and Organize Your Home. It's all free, and it's filled with the tips, tricks, lessons, and everything I've learned on my journey toward living a fuller life with less crap over the last six years. And you can find it in the show notes. I'm going to link to it um, so it's easy for you to find. It's going to be at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 48. So littlegreenbow.com forward slash 48. And that's number four, is to clear the clutter. And I'm happy to help you with that. That's what this show is filled with information about. So let me know if you have any questions, but pick up that resource and I think you're going to love it. So number five is to get out in nature. And I kind of hinted on this with our hobby because our hobby is getting outside and being on a paddleboard. So it has just been really nice. It's been a breath of fresh air. And it is really amazing how we can become trapped in our own little world and really forget about this big, beautiful planet that we live on. And getting outside, like I said, has been a huge help. We've been exploring and observing marine life. We've seen sea lions, pelicans, fish, a whole bunch of birds. Um, But honestly, the coolest thing I think we have seen in the last few weeks has been wild stingrays or stingrays in the wild. Um, My daughter has seen them a couple times while playing in the ocean. And I mean, it's just super cool. Um... Back in the day when we lived in Chicago, we did get a chance to pet stingrays at the Shedd Aquarium one year, and that was super cool too. But seeing them in the ocean, oh my goodness, it's been really cool. It's totally been nerve-wracking too, but they're just, I don't know, just animals are beautiful, and being able to be in nature is really cool. So, um, but when you get to do stuff like that, like that adrenaline, it helps you feel alive and totally in the moment, and it just... It really does just put you in a much better mindset and bring that calm back into your life. So this kind of relates to our hobby because, again, they can go hand in hand. But if you find yourself enjoying indoor hobbies more, let's say you're getting into knitting or um, crafting or quilting or writing or anything like that, um, you know, make sure you do get outside in nature at least a couple times a month, even if it's cold you know, bundle up and go for a walk or, you know, there's there's ways to do it. Trust me, I know. I lived in Chicago. So when I say get outside, I promise it's not coming from some snooty girl that lives in San Diego who doesn't understand that it can get below freezing. Trust me, I've done it. I've been there and it will help you. Okay, so number five, get out in nature. We will be right back. And now back to the show. Number six is to turn off social media and the news. Holy moly, this really was probably the biggest one for me. Um, a few weeks ago on episode 45, my uh, my guest for the podcast, her name is Shannon, and she talked about how she deleted Facebook off her phone. And honestly, at the time, I thought she was nuts because she runs a Facebook group with over 20,000 people in it. And she told me she deleted Facebook off of her phone. Now, of course, you can still access Facebook on your computer, which is what she does. But she became much more mindful about the time she was spending on social media. And ever since that show, when we recorded it, it it just went live, I think, three weeks ago. But I think I recorded it with her about six weeks ago. 
I just kept having that nagging feeling in my mind that she was onto something. So, you know, a few months ago, um, I don't know, probably early summer, I kind of went down a slippery slope. I installed Reddit because, let's be honest, I was super bored and I used it as an excuse to stay informed. And, you know, I started consuming so much that it just weighed me down. I mean, you guys, I was in some really bad subreddits. I was in public freakout. I was in some Karen ones. I was, um, my mom's listened to this podcast, so I can't really tell you what they were really called. Um, but they were not great. So it really, it was quite negative. And I just kind of went through this like, ick phase. It really started to wear on me. And so I just, one day I cold turkeyed, I cut it, I cut Reddit, I cut it right out. Um, of course, it was right before the president got coronavirus, so then I kind of hopped back in. I, I definitely um, relapsed for a few days, um, but I say that's to be an informed consumer, And um, but now it's back off my phone. So it's it's been, I, I keep saying life-changing, but it really has. Um, it was really bad for a while. And so not having that and not having that knee-jerk reaction to be on my phone, um, I was, I'm kind of embarrassed to think back at how much I was on my phone and, and it feels kind of icky to me. So I'm glad that it's off. I've been kind of plugging my phone in. Like I now no longer have it plugged in at night, um, next to my bed. So that means I have to plug it in during the day, which means I'm not on it as much, um, when my daughter is out of school. So that's been helpful. But talking about news and stuff, I think this is just one for all of us, really, in modern history. Um, There's been studies that have shown that our anxiety levels are higher today because we can see all of the turmoil going on around the world. It's not just in our close-knit communities. It's not just in our families. We can see what's happening at any time all around the world, good, bad, and the ugly, and you know, I mean, the news isn't reporting on the good stuff. They're reporting on the scary stuff and the, um, you know, the stuff that's going to get people to watch. And that generally doesn't tend to be the good news. So it's not great to have the news on. It's all there. It, it's at the push of a button any time of day. We carry it around in our pocket with us. And that that rush of that dopamine that we get when we open it and look for an email or a new notification or any of those little those little red circles with the numbers in them you know those are there for a reason um and if you haven't watched uh, the social dilemma i highly recommend it on netflix it's a good one um it really will open your eyes so definitely check that one out i'll link leave a link in the show notes for that too but in the past you know think about it we used to get our news once a day on the television But then before that, it was like a briefing at the movie theater instead of previews. And before that, it was the radio. And before that, it was the newspaper. And so on and so on. But do you see that pattern? Over time, news and current events have become more accessible. And while I do think it's super important for us to be informed, the 24-7 news cycle and constant bombardment is not good for us mentally. So like I said, I deleted Reddit. Um, from my phone. I'm on my way to deleting Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm not quite there, in all honesty, um, but I have buried them in a folder, so they're harder to access. I don't see notifications. They're not right on the front. Um, 
when I open my phone, I actually have to go into a folder and swipe over to get them. They're on like the second page of a folder. So I don't see them right away. So I have to be very, um, you know, it's on purpose when I go there now. It's not just that I see it with my eyes and see notifications and then go there. So that has really helped. If you're not quite ready to delete them, uh, I definitely recommend burying them in a folder. And it really has been fantastic. You know, I've been a lot happier and I'm way more productive and I don't get bogged down. I mean, I would end up on Reddit and all of a sudden an hour would be gone and I wouldn't even know what happened and none of it really made my life better. So, um, yeah, anyway, sorry to dog on Reddit. I do like it for some things, but right now with the state of my mind and how delicate it is um, and trying to stay calm right now when the world feels crazy... I had to say no for now. So that was number six. That was turning off social media and the news. Number seven is to be present. And I've been working on focusing on the moment and what is going on that day, hour, or minute instead of what's already happened or what's potentially coming up. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. One is that, you know, my mind used to race with thoughts of what I didn't get done or what I still needed to do and what I was going to make for dinner and all these things that were kind of going on in my day when I was supposed to be playing with my daughter because she had asked me to play with her and I had said yes. And when I think about it, it kind of hurts, right? Like, I was talking about earlier how I feel like an awesome mom. Well, that didn't make me feel like an awesome mom. And when you do something that makes you not feel awesome, it really just kind of weighs on you mentally. So part of this is setting yourself up for success so you can do things that make you feel better about yourself and then it will help your mental state and you will stay calmer even though the world is crazy. So now, instead, I try to commit to playing and try to think of nothing else. It's way easier said than done because I don't always enjoy the pretend games or some of the things that she makes up, but that is life and I am trying to do what I say I'm going to do. So what I do is I tell her that we have a set amount of time to play together and that's not to be, you know, it's a way to set boundaries so she knows that it's not a never-ending day and it actually has made it in a more positive mindset. When I say that out loud, it kind of It sounded a little negative at first, but the reason this helps is because it lets me focus on our activity. So it sets the boundary, makes it easier for her to move on to playing by herself or doing something else when the timer goes off. And it helps keep us in a better mood when we transition at the end of playtime. Because if I don't have that timer going, you know, and I'm like, okay, I got to go do this or that or whatever. I didn't set that expectation at the beginning. So it's all about setting the expectation, how long we have to play and what we're going to do. And then we can fully commit to it. So when the timer goes off, she already knows that that was the playtime. Because before she used to ask for more time. And then I would be filled with mom guilt if I said no. Or, you know, if I said yes, then I felt a little pressured and you know, it just wasn't good all around, right? And I know that so many of you can understand that. So honestly, set an expectation, set a timer, focus and play and have a blast. Okay, so that's one example of how I stay present. Another way I stay present is to focus on one thing at a time. Really, this pertains to my work time. I set a timer for like 25 to 45 minutes and I work as fast as I can in that time to complete a task. And then I give myself a break. 
I get to check social media. I get to read a book. I refill my coffee, things like that. Anything that I am kind of looking forward to, something that's fun for me, something that has a positive kind of feeling to it, that's what I do at the end when that timer goes off. So that's another way that I stay present. A third way I stay present is to surprisingly make a meal plan. Now, I've been doing this for a while, but I have found that the key isn't just planning the meals, but it's actually to write down what I'm making on what day. And I put that either in a calendar or a whiteboard, or sometimes I just put it in my phone if I don't have time to kind of transfer it over or just however it's going that week. But it really, it takes an extra, I don't know, probably minute, maybe two to, you know, put them on an actual day. But it makes a huge difference on the actual day when I'm making dinner because it's less draining mentally. I don't have to look back over that list again, see what I've already made. What do I have to make? I don't have to look in the fridge to see what's going to expire, anything like that. It helps me use the food that's more delicate, like that, you know, delicate produce if I had, I mean, I think I had mushrooms go bad a couple weeks ago because I didn't have time to do this or I just forgot or, you know, that's just how it goes. But it helps me remember like, okay, I have to use up the, you know, fresh fruit. Yeah, I have to use the melons and the avocados and, you know, the tomatoes and things that are going to go bad first. And then I can save the apples and the oranges and things that are heartier, um, you know, celery, cabbage, things like that for later in the cycle. So it's been, you know, again, this one has really worked well for us because it just makes things easier. So be present, set timers, and really focus on what you are wanting to do. And that is number seven. Number eight is to surround yourself with the right people. So whether you believe Jim Rohn was right when he said you are the average of the five people you are closest with or spend the most time with, I think we are all susceptible to the influence of those that are closest to us, both good and bad. And if that's true and we are influenced by those around us, then we owe it to ourselves and our families to be and hang out with positive people. Now, that doesn't mean that you drop the negative Nellies in your life, but I do want you to be aware when you're hanging out with them and I want you to work to reframe their thinking in positive ways. And if you have friends that inspire you to be better, I want you to spend more time with those people and I want you to cherish those people. I have somebody like that in my life, and honestly, I feel like she makes me want to be a better person. She makes me want to be more outgoing and be more adventurous and try things. And if you have somebody like that in your life, embrace them and hang out with them and treat them with love and respect. And then try to be that person for other people, whether that's your family or your friends um, or your coworkers. But Be that person. Be that positive person that people say, wow, that you make my life better. You make me want to be a better person. All right. That is surrounding yourself with the right people. And that's number eight. And the last one I want to leave you with today um, is to practice compassion and empathy. Oh boy, this year has made me so much more empathetic and less judgmental. Um, It feels really like so much is just being poured on our shoulders over and over. And when you think you can't have something else, something else happens. And, you know, moms especially are being pushed to the brink this year. We are being asked to make impossible choices with partial information. It is super tough on everyone. Those who work full-time out of the home are stressed about their families coming into contact with an invisible virus. 
those that are staying home and working from home are going crazy because our kids are relying on us 24-7 without our usual play dates to alleviate some of that pressure. And it's just tough on everyone. I want you to remember that when you are feeling down, you are one, not alone, and two, you know, we need to not take it out on other people or judge other people for the decisions they're making because we just don't know what everyone else is going through. Um, you know, so many people have lost jobs. So many people have lost health care. So many people have lost loved ones. It's crazy. I read a statistic that said there have been 300,000 more deaths than a normal year in 2020. And so while we're only counting 220,000 deaths to coronavirus, there's an extra 80,000 people that have died because hospitals have been full or they haven't wanted to go to the doctor or they haven't been able to get their medicines because we've been focusing on coronavirus. That's a lot of people. And um, yeah, it's just pretty crazy. So I just want us to, you know, be open and be loving and, you know, be quick to love and be slow to judge people because I really believe in our hearts that the vast majority of us are just doing what we think is right and we're making the best decisions that we can with the information and the knowledge we have and what we're doing in our own lives doesn't reflect negatively on what other people are doing in their lives. You know, it's just, you have to do kind of right now what works best for you and then don't judge others when they're doing things a little bit differently than you can. Be there with compassion and not with judgment. So it really doesn't help us to judge or hate on others. So let's all just show a bit more love, all right? And I promise you that when you are open with love, it comes back to you via inner peace. Whether it comes back, I mean, it's going to come back to you in love in the world too, but just immediately you will feel more peaceful inside because you are giving of love instead of judgment. And so trust me, it is, it's been, it's, that one's been good. All right. So that's number nine, practice compassion and empathy. And so let's go ahead and recap the nine ways to cultivate calm in a chaotic world. And I have been practicing these and they have been working. So I hope that you get to try them too. One, pick up a hobby. Two, carve out time for yourself. Three, be still and meditate. Four, clear clutter from your home. Five, get out in nature. Six, turn off social media and the news. Seven, be present. Eight, surround yourself with the right people. And nine, practice compassion and empathy. Being more mindful of how I am spending my time and what I am bringing into our family environment has really helped shift the energy in our home over the past month. We have been really lucky, so I don't want to sound down, but with everything going on in the world, things were getting super stressful. And practicing these nine strategies really turned it around for me, and so I'd love to hear how they work for you. Which one are you going to try first? Do you have any that you would add to the list? I mean, if you do, please tell me because I'm happy to try and be a guinea pig on anything. I would love to hear about it and I would love to cheer you on if you were going to try one of these. So come on over to my free Wannabe Minimalist Facebook group. Introduce yourself, share your thoughts. I'm super excited to hear from you and help encourage you on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and an awesome life that you and your family totally deserve. 
Uh, the group is completely free, of course, and you can find us by clicking on the link in the show notes or by searching Wannabe Minimalist on Facebook. I want to meet you there and I want to hear about your journey and I want to hear about you and I want to learn how I can support you because learning from you is one of the things that I really love. It makes my day. And so I hope I get to see you there and support you because honestly, in supporting you, it really helps me too. And don't forget, if you would like to get all of the show notes for today's episode, along with my newest resource that I talked about, The Quick Way to Declutter and Organize Your Home, it's a free email series. You can get it at littlegreenbow.com slash 48. Once again, once again, get all the show notes and links for everything we talked about. I had a bunch of things I mentioned, so I'm going to have to go back through and put all these show notes in. Um, but get it on my website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 48. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I do just want to take a minute to thank you for listening to the podcast. I know that we are all super busy these days, and it means the world to me that you do choose to spend a little bit of your time with me. And just so you know, I would love to hear from you. Join our Facebook group or let me know what you enjoyed most from this show. And if you had any big takeaways, you can feel free to tag me on your Instagram stories. I'm little.green.bow over there, and I'd love to see what you liked most about this episode or the show in general. You can also subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And please feel free to leave me a review if you did enjoy the show so that more people can find us and enjoy the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle as well. Whew. All right. I will see you next week. I wish you all the best and I hope that you are able to find calm in this crazy world. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.